I'm Laura Zach. And I'm Brittany Ashley. And this is Sicker Sadder World. A podcast where we rewatch episodes of Daria and relate it to our current world. Here we are. Yet again. Do you ever have that feeling that this podcast is the best thing in your career right now? That's what I think about almost all the time. This is the thing that I put the most effort in. It's the thing that I have the most fun doing. Um, yeah. It brings the most joy, input and output. I agree. Yeah. So thanks for being here for the height of our week. In better news, it was a really good... What am I saying wrong? <laughs> no, it's funny. I was just laughing at you. Okay. I have very little blood right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brittany came from the doctor where she'd been for the first time in 10 years, which is shocking to me because I've... Like for a physical checkup. Like I've been to the doctor when there was something like very wrong, but this is the first time in about but 10 years I've had. Yeah. I feel like I've done so much maintenance. Yeah, you get oil changes frequently and I do not. Yeah, but it hasn't necessarily led to a cleaner bill. <laughs> Of the health. Yeah, it's um very hard to lift up both my arms right now because I have a tetanus shot in one and I had four vials of blood taken out of the other one. And then I also got a pap smear for the first time in 10 years. Oh, shit. And I bled because my new gynecologist told me that I have a sensitive cervix. <laughs> what else is new? <laughs> Matches everything else. Every part of you. Yeah. What else happened? And then he also made me take a pregnancy, like a urine pregnancy test, though I told him, yo, there's no possible way that I'm pregnant. He insisted that I take one. And you told him why you... Yeah, I was like, yeah, I only sleep with women. I've only been sleeping with my partner, so... That's really frustrating. I I feel like I could compile a whole collection from queer women of experiences with homophobic gynos. Yeah. It's It's a thing. It's like they should have a class. I mean, obviously, I'm not a doctor in the literal sense, but I think that doctors should probably take you're a... You're my doctor. Exactly. So this is awkward. Oh, right. No, you're doing great. Thank See you. See you Wednesday. I just feel like doctors should take a course on like different identities that they aren't really aware of, especially when it has to do with health. Right, because... I'll- in most cases, those identities have a direct correlation to the possible problems or health issues or diseases that one could be right. exposed to. Because he also, like, tried to make a joke at one point. He was, like, just kind of awkward in general, but he tried to make a joke at one point where he was like, okay, and just to clarify, like, you're, you're, you only sleep with women, blah, 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 and, like, you can't get pregnant. Because, like, the last time you checked, a woman couldn't get you pregnant. And I was like, oh, oh you're, like, God. not even accounting for... Like trans, trans women. Trans women, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, or maybe he insisted on the pregnancy test because he was accounting for trans women. I highly doubt that he was. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to think that, but um, he was just kind of strange. And then when he was putting the uh, thing inside me... It, well, the like, duck lips? Yeah. Duct, li- duct lips? I don't remember what they're called, but the, like mm-hmm. the speculum? Uh-huh. Something like that. The nurse was, like, asking him which one, and he was like, uh, we'll do the white one. It's the littler one. Because he had said some weird comment about how, like, yeah, since you're probably not used to, like, penetration. Like, it was just a weird thing. That's really weird. You're like, you should see the size of my dildo. Yeah. (laughs) You should see my girlfriend's fingers. Yeah, Yeah, it was just, like, weird. Ever heard of fisting? Right, you only hear that in the context of lesbians. Right. And then he, like, brought up, like, dental dams at one point, and I was like, ugh. Get away from me. <laughs> Can I get a new Sounds doctor? Sounds like a fail. Yeah. 
It was kind of a fail. The nurses were really cool, but like he was kind of a fail. Yeah, the last time I went to my gyno, I think I told you this story, but I basically decided I was done with her after this visit because I'd been seeing her for like three years. She had done surgery on me. Like she, every time I would go in, I would have to clarify that I sleep with women because she'd ask are you on birth control? I'd say, no. no. How are you not? Are you sexually active? Yes. yes. I don't get it. How are you not getting pregnant? Yeah. She, this most recent time, forgot again, but she came in late to our appointment. And as soon as she came in, she was like, I'm so sorry. I'm late. And you were like, I fuck women. <laughs> no, she was like, I'm so sorry. I'm late. The reason I'm late is because I was dealing with these. She wanted to like Ugh. vent to me. And she Wrong was like, party. I was dealing with these um, patients who, you know, it's it's a, a patient of a long time. Her daughter um, is married to a woman and they want to have a baby and they were in here asking about their options and I told them that the easiest way to get pregnant is to have sex with a man. Ew. And they were offended. <laughs> no shit, lady. Yeah, he so. he made like a comment about pregnancy where he was like, "Well, I, well, like obviously you've never been pregnant before," and I was like, "Excuse me, I could have been." And he he also made some mention of like, "Well, because you can't get because like, you're not going to get pregnant," and I was like, "Oh no, I like would like to, like not right now." Uh, Why are people so, so dumb? Fucking dense. <laughs> I, it's so upsetting. Yeah. La 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 la. This is my style. Got to get up, or I might Excuse me. Excuse me. episode was titled Pinch Sitter and we actually had Do you know what that is a play on? Of course. Pinch Hitter. Okay, phew. Which is when in baseball they take... Or softball. Well. God, people are just so dense. Anyway, Google it if you don't know what a pinch hitter is. Yeah, we don't have time to explain this I to you. I literally don't have time because I'm on like 1.5 beers right now and have to pee. Yeah, I'm, so I'm literally running out the door. This segment. <laughs> Um, I am busy. I have appointments. I have a schedule. So um, anyway, what I was going to say is someone on Twitter who follows us at Sick or Sadder was talking about how part of the reason she started listening was because she specifically loves this episode. So I really hope we do it justice. Yeah. Hell yeah. No pressure. No pressure. So the episode starts with Mr. DiMartino being incredibly enthusiastic. Right. Well, I mean, he was being enthusiastic about comparing coercive techniques in history to cheerleading and sports culture at high school, basically. I think any time that he has an opportunity opportunity to shame his students he particularly kevin and Brittany. yeah he's happy to embrace it totally 
And did you notice that on the chalkboard behind him, there was a little, um, is always, I, I'm always noticing what's written on the chalkboards in yeah. the classroom scenes. And it said CIA, and then there was an arrow to, like, drink the Kool-Aid. That's hilarious. So we see Quinn talking in the hallway with a boy we haven't seen before who seems like a gentle soul. Oh, my God. He's so sweet. I think his name was Ronnie. Yeah. But she's trying to scam him into babysitting for her, and he realizes later that it's so that she could go on a date with Skylar. Right, with another dude. And and he straight up asks her, like, wait, you so you're never going to date me? And she admits, no, I'm not going to. Honest Quinn. Yeah. Gotta love the honesty. Yeah. Which, and then he's like, well, I'm not going to babysit for you, which on the one hand, I'm like... Okay. Yeah. But at the same time, it's all kind of upfront. They're leading with what they're in it for. Totally. And do you remember why Quinn wants to go on a date with this person? Because his parents have a boat? Hell yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's a personality trait of like particular bland white guys. Well, and I feel like when I lived in Chicago, I don't know, I know you did as well, but when I lived there, I definitely noticed a trait of some basic girls being like, sussing out who had a boat right like trevor i heard you on a boat because you yeah. could go out on lake michigan during the summer yeah i think i only went out on a boat once or twice in lake michigan same and it was terrible it was so yeah. choppy i wanted and but i also like wanted to not be around the people i was with i only had one positive lake michigan boat experience and it was like one where you rent the boat and the captain and it was just like me and two friends, and he just like tours you around for a couple hours oh, and drink some beers. And I jumped in the in the lake, and it was great. Hell yeah! Yeah, I also am very sensitive to motion sickness, so it's terrible. Mm-hmm. I, I've I've been haunted for my whole life. I used to have to wear special bracelets that had like pressure points <laughs> to try to control my motion sickness. We went on a whale watch in seventh grade, and. Oh, God. We had been out there with my entire seventh grade class, and we had been out there for, it was a double-decker boat. Mm-hmm. We'd maybe been there for a couple hours already, and they stopped the boat because there's whales nearby, and just as the whale was finally breaching, the boat's rocking back and forth and super slowly. vomited and on the whale. very, <laughs> no, but I very, I verbalized, it was very audible, and it turned out that I had, you know, I was on the top deck. And there were windows from the bottom deck. So, like, my classmates were just, like, seeing it fall past the window. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. When I was a senior in high school, we had our prom, actually, on one of the boats on Navy Pier. And we actually had to, like, stop prom early because a chick got sick and, like, fainted. So, thanks a lot, Ashley Clark. Though, also, you were pretty cool, so thanks a lot, Ashley Clark. Thanks a lot. Did you hear that? It's not Modelo today. It's Tecate. Because my old roommate left them behind. We miss you, Christian. We miss you, Christian. Then we see Daria and Quinn watching Six Ed World together, which is already very interesting because Quinn is like around Daria and choosing to be around her. We've never seen them watch it together. No. But then we realize that Quinn is actually trying to scam Daria into babysitting for her. Right. She needs to get out of babysitting so she can go on the state with Skylar. She frames it to Daria as like, you can just do your homework anyway and get paid and makes it sound like it's a really easy gig. Mm -hmm. Which, of course, in terms of the storyline, immediately makes you suspicious that she's not telling the truth. Right, that the kids are probably little demons. Right, and Daria has that same thought, 
because she has like flashbacks at some point about Quinn being a, a young child. Well, and, the two of them together, right? And how violent, like kind of a montage of the two of them at different ages in their childhood with different babysitters, right? Just tormenting them. Mm-hmm. And then we realize that Daria decides to babysit for Quinn because Helen wants to what was it like this like teen strategizing night or something where they go to like a life coach together and try and get on the same page about their priorities right or was it the parent there was a lot of self-help going on yeah it was like a parent teen thing where they could like get on the same page about their priorities right and daria realized anything would be more appealing than that right um so then at that parent teen thing both helen and quinn are asked about their priorities and uh helen's number one was spend more time with family her number two was break through that glass ceiling number three was something like super competitive about someone else being on a committee that she wanted to be on and then fourth she said very sadly and then put the spice back in my marriage which grossed Quinn out. Right. And then she, like, changed it to curtains or yeah. something. <laughs> and then Quinn's priorities were number one, dating, number two, shopping, number three, bouncy hair, and number four, school. Yeah. And it was it was funny because they both, they had kind of, like, opposite priorities, basically, if you're really thinking about it. I am now. Hell yeah. But then when she sees how honest Quinn was, again, honest Quinn... Helen changed hers to number one being get the spice back in my marriage. Right. But you never want to hear from your parent. No. So have you ever been a babysitter or had babysitters? Both, but I was uh, a very intense babysitter. Like, I, I, um, you're looking at me funny. Like, what did you do to them? No, no, I didn't do anything weird to them. I just had... (laughs) many people that I babysat for at the same time. How old were you? I started when I was 12 and... Little mogul. Yeah. And it went through high school. I I paid for our family's first dog. Adopt, don't shop, everyone. We shopped at the time, but... How much does a dog cost? Well, this particular breed that we bought at the time was like $600 and I had raised $300 through babysitting. Uh, but now you would have to spend about like fifteen hundred to get a pure breed, a purebred of this particular breed. What kind of? Why are you hiding this from us? What breed? <laughs> uh, so, my dog Cyrus was a soft-coated Wheaton Terrier. They're hypoallergenic, so beautiful they have hair, not fur. Mm-hmm. They're a terrier, very smart. They hug you. Anyway, I pay. I had a, I had a wallet that I wrote on a sharpie on the outside of the wallet, dog dollar sign. And saved all of my babysitting money. Does not money. shock me at all, knowing you. <laughs> Dogs and dollar signs. <laughs> yeah. It's really on brand. So you just kind of had, like, was all of your middle school and high school days and nights just, I mean, nights just been babysitting? I think I, there were 13 different kids I babysat for. Jesus. And I, was, I would be like a summer nanny as well. And then I also had a part-time job at the toy store in town. Damn, so. you really love kids. I did. I did. Maybe, you know, those years broke me, though. Yeah, I guess why I'm in my 30s and still, you know, definitely toe the line of like, I have plenty of time. No rush, no rush, no rush. Because I've seen some things. But yeah, how about you? Yeah, I was a nanny when I was in college. I was a nanny to two rich twins. Their parents were both doctors. That feels a little bit similar to this episode. Yes. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of similarities 
um, and they had this like beautiful house, but one was just like super mean. She like at one point like pulled a knife on me and said she was gonna kill what? me. She used were to like. Th- were they both girls? Yes. She was like seven or eight, and she would pee her pants every single day. Like she would have to be packed with new not shorts. during the night, like like during the night and also during the day at school. And so she'd get in your car and she'd be... She must have been bullied or something. Um, Hard to say because there was like few... I would say like 40% of nannying them was a nightmare because they wouldn't listen. And I'd say 20% was rewarding. And then I'd say the other 40% just felt like a job. And so, yeah, like there was one day I remember... There was one night where like... Me and her really connected. And she was like, none of the kids want to play with me. Like, they say that I'm mean. My only friends are you, mommy, and daddy. And it was really... Not even her sister? Well, yeah, and her sister, too. But, yeah, it was really sad. Because I I always wonder about, like, kids who pee their pants. I mean, like, even Sarah Silverman, she has... Her book was titled Bedwetter. And it was all about how she was, like, a chronic bedwetter. And it makes me wonder, like, what that is. I've asked, I had asked her before, because she was also very, they were both very, very smart. And I remember asking her, like, why don't you, like, go up to the bathroom? And her whole philosophy was, like, I don't want to miss anything, which I thought was kind of beautiful. She just wants to be really present, even yeah. if it means pissing. They're both really smart and really, they were, like, weirdly kind of mature at times because they would sit on the couch and one of them would go, hey, I, don't, I feel like I don't see you very often anymore. And then the other one's like, do you want to do lunch? <laughs> they were really funny in that way. But there was like times next where... next door in the dining room? Yeah. Yeah. There was times when they were just really, really mean to me, though. Because they Wait, also had an... how old were they? Well, they were like either seven or they were eight. I think I babysat them from when they were seven and then like when they were also eight. Wait, have you looked them up since then? No, it was kind of a bad ending. Do you know their names? Yeah. Hold on. No, I can't. Hold on, I'm just gonna do. I'm just gonna text someone real quick. What? Anyway, no reason. But what are their names? I'm not gonna say it on the podcast. Okay, but you can delete the names. But tell me right now. Sure. Um, look up. Um. Okay. So... Here. Should I just? No. Okay. I, I want to be here. I want them to be here for this. So, I don't even know if they'd have Facebooks. Well, there is one result. Would this person look happen to look like? This? Yeah. Whoa. Is that the mean one? No. She was the really fucking sweet one. You looked up the nice one first. Well, there's really not much info here. She has her uh, privacy settings up real high, which good for her. Yeah, that's good. Anyway, I was hoping to find something more scandalous. I know. Um, Yeah, I just wasn't a very... I had a lot. I was in college. I really had a lot of shit going on. I had like 18 credit hours and I was in a pretty abusive relationship emotionally and mentally. And so I was very much in a different world. And I was not, I can be totally honest and say I was not capable of taking care of two seven-year-olds. Because you're, as a babysitter, you're like a temporary mother. It's very difficult. as a nanny, yeah. Yeah. It was like, like a pretty consistent thing, but I had such little time for myself at that stage in my life that I definitely wasn't capable. And that's actually the, well, I was about to say that's the only job I've ever been fired from, but I think we all know that's not true. <laughs> this is the, I think we all know. Yeah. Um, 
I've only been ever fired from two jobs, and that was one that I was fired from, and it was it made me very sad because I feel like I really fucked up. It wasn't like no nobody was like nothing really bad happened. I just wasn't there when one of them like fell off a playground set. Like it was one of those oh. like it would be a plot point in the movie Stepmom or something where like I Julia Roberts fucks up. Yeah, that's not that bad. Yeah, it's not really horrible. Kids horrib- are flailing around all the time. Right. Like in hindsight, it wasn't a huge deal, but it could have been a really big one, but it was enough to make me and the mom both be like we should probably cut ties now. Hmm. So that sucked, but Yeah, I was the nanny for a summer in college for a 3-year-old boy who had two moms mm-hmm. on this ranch in Colorado, and it was the summer before I dated a woman for the first time. Oh my god, so, so this was just like a window into your possible future. Yeah, I don't want to say they turned me, but (laughs) they were definitely a very positive influence to be around. And the boy was a little child genius. It's I just love the weird shit kids say sometimes. Totally. Like, you know, like most three-year-old children, he was really into, like, Batman and Superman at the Mm -hmm. time. And we would do pretend games where he'd be like... Batman and I'd be the villain and he'd be describing the ways he was punishing me or whatever. So funny. And he was like, now I'm wrapping electric wire around you. And I was like, but Batman, what are the charges against me? And he paused and looked at me and goes, electric. <laughs> like fucking idiot. They're electric charges. Isn't it sad when like a kid is smarter in a moment than you are and you're like, God damn it. Yeah. Smart. But at the same time, I'm just like slow clap. Hell yeah. And then I, I reconnected with the couple because I basically wanted to tell them, by the way, I'm gay now, yeah. <laughs> like 10 years later, and I found out they're no longer together. Oh, that's a bummer. And the last time I was in Santa Fe, I I saw one of the women and the boy, who's now 13, and it was Damn. terrifying. 13 reasons why I want to be your stepmom. Nope. <laughs> nope. I haven't also, watched it yet. No, don't watch it. I have... I have turned a corner in the wrong way on that show i i take back my compliments am i in a bad place so i shouldn't watch that show don't ever watch it period it is absolutely addictive and there were things about it that reminded me of veronica mars which i think is why i was so into it but there's never a payoff it's just relentless harassment assault and the most graphic rape scenes i've maybe ever seen especially for anything directed at a young adult audience jesus and it's a show that's purporting to care about mental health and suicide prevention but if i were on the brink of any sort of suicidal thoughts it would probably push me the opposite direction damn Um, I mean, I think they handled certain things about, like, nuances of being a survivor. Like, they they handled certain things in a way I've never seen in a show before, which I appreciated. But at the same time, like, do you ever just feel, I'm sure you do, but... Sad. All the time. Yeah, same. We're both, we've been going through some depression, but... Um, that's not what I was gonna ask. (laughs) Thanks for reminding us both. I feel like a lot of times... Uh, gay men writers feel, for whatever reason, a little bit more emboldened to write women or to write about certain like intimate experiences of women. That, mm-hmm. um, and I don't, I don't care about the sexuality of the writer, but there's something about it. Just felt this particular show just felt like 
a male perspective, like, like someone very sincerely trying to bring to light how hard it is to be a teen girl, but even never like, having that lived experience and you could tell in nuanced moments. Well, and also I like obsessively go to the behind the scenes producery side of things. And I was picturing these young girl performers having to act out these very brutal, like hyper-realistic rape scenes for what, of course, I looked up on IMDb was a vast majority male crew. Oh, God. Yeah. And again, there's an argument to be made that it's better if you're going to, if you have to have a rape scene, that it's better to have it be realistically terrifying and brutal so as not to make it seem like it's cushy you know like i've heard women filmmakers talk about Mm -hmm. no i want to show how terrible it is yeah and so they were successful in that regard but all the while in my head i was like this is a young adult novel written by a man again i think there's some sort of weird like exception sometimes that Mm -hmm. gay men think they have about speaking to this because they've gone through another type of othering in their own youth. Right. That maybe isn't this the super masculine route. I mean, not always, but like there's a possibility. They haven't gone through a a, a traditional like cis straight young male experience of of pure privilege. Right. There's a possibility that they felt othered in the way that sometimes women are. Right. Or like I met a, a... a gay male writer who has been working on like adapting um Anais Nin books to screen which would be amazing but she, mm-hmm. and he was defending I mean he wasn't needing to defend it but he was explaining like for him as a young gay man those writings are what he really felt himself in and yeah. resonated with so mm-hmm. it transcends gender and I don't mean to be so reductionistic about it but anyway in this particular case it just felt like I don't know that this is yours to tell if you're going to take it if you're going to make it so graphic right and painful to watch yeah what were we talking about again about nannying (laughs) I just blacked out where am I So Daria gets to the house, and the first thing she notices outside of the front of the house are lawn ornaments galore. Yeah. I don't know if I saw a gnome, but I saw a fake well. Yeah, and I saw, like, a little girl's undergarments as she was looking through the bush. What? (laughs) Please expand. Was Was it just me? Did you not notice it panned to one of those kind of like figurines that makes it look like there's like a little kid like the backside of a little kid who's bent over like like a child ass <laughs> yes. i saw child ass we can review the tapes after <laughs> yeah please okay well anyway um and then when she enters the house it's a similar aesthetic like a lot of tchotchkes very tchotchke heavy yeah like uh what was the clock there was some sort of like it's probably like a cuckoo clock let's be honest yeah (laughs) so the parents set daria up with this schedule that's organized in 15 minute increments of the plan (laughs) for the night and they have a word of the day indemnification which she's expected to use with the kids Mm -hmm. they also have to go through current events they have to floss which good on them oh yeah snack and then floss and then they also tell daria that they don't usually let sitters use the phone when i was younger and me and my sister had a sitter there was one babysitter dory who used the phone so much that my dad hid it and locked it in his room (laughs) remember when you could 
hide a phone. Like, when oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like a house phone. Yeah. Yeah. Old school. But also, fuck, like, what if there was an emergency? I guess we didn't really think that far. I think my dad's bitterness really overshadowed any type of 911 emergency that could have transpired. Right. I also had a babysitter who, every time we'd watch something, she'd ask me, who was six years old, she'd ask, am I fatter than those girls? Oh, no. It was like, Sherry, girl, who gives a fuck? Also, probably you want to be, because those are probably actresses who are... We were watching The Craft, I remember specifically. And it's like, they're fucking in high school. Yeah. Yeah. I like how your child self was already like super body positive and yeah. <laughs> not having her. Bullshit. I was like, girl, I really feel like Sherry in particular was using me and my sister as like her therapist. It's so weird. So when Daria meets these two little kids, though, they are acting super angelic. They're like little adults. Yeah. And when the parents leave, I think we're all, again, expecting the them other... to just go nuts. Yeah. The other shoe to drop and them to suddenly be these little heathens but no it turns out these kids are actually that well-mannered and they just have never questioned that anyone else except their parents they're sheltered yeah they're little bubble boys and girls but the thing is they don't know they don't even aren't even aware that there are any other options so so daria wants to watch tv obviously and they instantly say oh too much tv is bad for you and the the parents made it so that they can only watch the forecast channel, which they fucking love. They also love flossing. They hate commercials. They hate. They think that CDs are bad. They love to listen to the same record player and jump on the bed, and the record player has a scratch in it, so it like skips in the same place, and they've incorporated the skip into their song. Yeah, it's about self esteem. They hate capitalism and they hate like media. The parents do, which is kind of. Like, in a weird way, it's kind of cool. Capitalism part is cool. But you're, like, giving your child opinions that are yours, that they should mold themselves. I think that's the issue, is that their parents don't want them to mold their own opinions about things. Or to question things. They haven't really encouraged thinking independent thought or questioning. Right. And there is one line where they say, sugar's bad. Hitler ate sugar, which I thought was... A good point. Good point. Also, Daria encourages them to play games that are not unlike games that I would sometimes ask kids I was babysitting for to play Mm -hmm. when I was really tired. Like, let's play pretend sleep and see who can do it the longest. Right. Play dead or whatever. So she had them play cemetery and she had them pretend they're funguses. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. And then finally, so she she invites Jane over. Mm Mm-hmm. And they ask the kids straight up, like, do you always just do what adults tell you and believe what they say? When the kids are like, yeah, of course. They're like, well, what if two adults said opposite things? And the boy starts crying. Yeah. <laughs> so then Daria and Jane, they like rewrite nursery rhymes that are really dark but realistic. And it opens their minds. Because if these kids were on the, the same exact track as they were on with their parents, they just would not be prepared for the real world at all. They'd be like, no, they'd be mortified. an extreme of like the stereotype of a homeschooled kid. Totally. Um, meanwhile, Quinn is at Chez Pierre with Skylar. He pays the bill, which she likes. She also writes down how much he paid. Yeah. <laughs> in her in her planner. Yeah. And then when they get back to Quinn's house. She's looking at her planner because her big thing is like not canceling on commitments. And she looks at her planner for when she's free next. And and Skylar notices that she has all these other dates and one is with his best friend. And then in her long-term goals, she puts that she needs to break up with Skylar in September. 
It was very funny. Quinn is so just like straightforward. She's just like a forward ass chick. She is um what one insuffer- insufferable person that my roommate dated might call radically honest. You know who I'm talking about? Oh, I absolutely do. Radical honesty. <clears throat> also, I will say, I feel like you totally got turned on when Jane fixed the remote. Yes. It's weird that you knew that. <laughs> Also, can we talk about the fact that they, one of the children's books that this family had was Kanisha's first Kwanzaa? Oh my god, I missed that. Yeah. So that's cool. They're trying to teach them other cultures. Yeah, I think these parents, I, I don't think Well-intentioned. I don't think their politics are, are off base, but the execution is sheltering and problematic. Right. And, and usually that's the type of upbringing that is going to lead your kid to push back and to mm-hmm. end up going in the opposite direction rebellion yeah which daria and jane end up fostering in these kids their first taste of rebellion totally and then it's class time and daria had written her paper on mind control deprogramming which was perfect for mr DiMartino's lesson right because she feels like that's what they did with the kids and the final straw was they had put the kids to bed and right. then had like you said, Jane had figured out how to get off the, the forecast channel and then we're watching mud wrestling mm-hmm. on Six Ed World and the kids came out and got really into watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Good app. Super solid app. Check it out, you guys. And kind of like a beautiful lesson on how to not raise your children, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. And somehow a reminder of the importance of planners. And also the reminder of our looming mortality. I don't need that reminder. Aforementioned depression's got it covered. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sick or Sadder World. We're going to work on ourselves. ourselves. And we'll be better. Just a reminder that the song that you hear at the beginning of the show is a cover of the Daria theme song sung by Mindy Jones. She's the best. And we are going to offer that song as a perk on our Patreon. We already did, girl. Just a reminder that you can get that song on our Patreon. And if you want to support us on Patreon, or just support us emotionally, go to patreon.com slash world. Tweet us your favorite audio self-help help books, because I have a long commute coming up. So. Hell yeah, at Sicker Satter. And uh, take care of yourself. <laughs>